This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell, yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. What's up, guys? Episode 72 of Top Rope Nation. We've got the full crew back here with you this week. I'm Ryan Drosty, joined by Kyle Ross, Justin Joint. We're breaking down all the crazy heel turns in the wwe these days we're also going to hit on all in probably the biggest independent wrestling show and of all time if if not all time at least in decades uh we'll get to that later on but first off i got to kick it out to the guys here because last week it was just myself and kyle uh as we said justin was at a bachelor party so justin welcome back to top row nation what's going on not much happy to be back good show last week guys I liked it. I mean, I'm biased, but I thought it, I thought it was a good discussion. We got some good feedback on Twitter.com over that, Kyle. We did. That was shows what happens when you get prepared every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I've got pages and pages of notes for this broadcast tonight. Very prepared. So you guys should stay tuned. In. It's going to be a good show. All right. So, I'm ready. And then, by the way, any week where we get both the Ascension and the Colognes on WWE TV is a good week, brothers. <laughs> Hitting that all-time great roster depth right there. Oh, I was, I, I felt good. I felt happy for the Colognes, didn't you? I don't know. They just looked happy to be on TV. Yeah, I root. Yeah. The thing about me is what the listeners need to realize is I root for people. <laughs> is that true? Because I remember on a past broadcast, Kyle, where you said you don't have any favorites. Justin was like, who, who is your favorite wrestler? You I don't know, have we... any favorites, but I, I mean, I mean, as human beings, I root for people, you know, okay. it goes beyond just wrestling. I just, you know, I root for people's livelihoods. I'm just that kind of guy. You're a happy-go-lucky guy, Kyle. Well, always. <laughs> so we are live here on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Nation. So if you are a patron of the show, you're watching us record this show live with the video feed. So last week, you were blessed as you tuned in to see Kyle completely bitching out his dog. For making noise in the background. What was it? Eating your clothes, Kyle? Something like that. Back into time. Freaking Zuki, that's my t-shirt. Hold on. Oh, that's, my, that's my shirt. Fucking asshole. That's my shirt. What are you doing to my shirt? This is the exclusive content you get on you Patreon, folks. We're about that's to go on the shirt. air. Paw at that. Kyle Ross. Dog problems. Yeah. This is the kind of access you get live into the studio here on top of the nation. Uh, this week, what you got if you tuned in live was me struggling to get the opening words of the podcast out, which usually I don't have a problem with, guys. I think I'm pretty professional usually about this, but Kyle, 
Kyle I've got me going. I've never seen anyone better. What did I do? <laughs> there we go. You know, I've been waiting weeks for that compliment, Kyle. If you remember our pay-per-view post show, we had uh, uh, we had myself on, we had Justin on, we had Derek on, and you were telling Justin and Derek how you just love their takes, and I got zero compliments from you that night. I think I gave you one. <laughs> well, I'm glad to get back on your good side tonight. So, guys, if you want to watch these video casts live, patreon.com slash top rope nation, you can get all the info and I can become a supporter of the show and join us as we record these crazy shows. And of course, if you are listening on YouTube, subscribe. If you're on iTunes, subscribe, leave us a five star rating. We'd greatly appreciate it as we expand our reach into the professional wrestling community. So, with that being said, guys, Braun Strowman is what everyone's talking about this week. Shocked the world with the was it a heel turn or was it him just doing something that was justified? That's what we got to talk talk about. But uh, I want to get your thoughts, your initial thoughts on Strowman joining forces with uh, the enemy and beating down Roman Reigns on Monday night. Justin, what were your initial thoughts when you saw this go down? So the first thing I thought was odd was that you know twice now he's came out and basically said once the match is over i'm cashing in which you know even though you're telling them you're going to do that that's still a heel move to like wait for the guy to be exhausted to cash it in mm-hmm. and then on monday he says like a baby face he's gonna cash it in in advance for an actual match at hell in a cell and then at the end of the show that's when he supposedly turns so my thought was like, okay, well, next week he's going to be in the ring with Dolphin, Drew, and they're going to start talking about how they're a threesome, and then he's going to turn on them and say it was just, you know, eye for an eye on Roman. Um, but then apparently those three are booked uh, against the Shield at that super show in Melbourne. So now I'm just confused. I mean, I think it might actually be a heel turn, although it doesn't make any sense to me. It makes zero sense to me. <laughs> Although I will say a, a big guy, a monster, I, I think definitely works better as a heel. Yeah, I think by design, you're definitely right. It does. Um, but you look at this on the surface, Kyle, and you've got Braun Strowman, who is one of, if not the most over mm-hmm. male r- r- guy on the roster. Yeah, and happened organically, unlike the manufactured Roman Reigns. Yes. Know. So he's so popular. Why on earth? I mean, I think the only reason to do this is that continuing to chase the unicorn, as I said on Twitter, uh, that is getting the crowd to cheer Roman Reigns. But why would you sacrifice a guy who is legitimately over with the crowd chasing that unicorn? That's just not going to happen. And uh, what, what did you think, Kyle? I think sacrifice is a bit of a strong word. Um, you know, it goes back to what we talked about last week with Charlotte. Um, you know, to paraphrase Bruce Pritchard, Roman must pose, man. And this is all about putting Roman Reigns over. And um, it's interesting with these heel turns, both this and the Becky one, that they're similar in the fact that the heat winds up being not on the performer, but the promotion with mm-hmm. some of the fans. And that's kind of fascinating to me. I don't really know when that trend started. It's definitely a recent one. I, I can't think of like the first example where the fans would, no, we want to cheer for that guy. What the heck? And what's interesting is it used to be that great heel turns worked because the audience still did want to cheer that person and kind of felt betrayed. Mm-hmm. 
Um, now, the difference between this and Becky Lynch is that this turn wasn't cheered. I think the crowd live didn't really know what to make of it. They certainly weren't expecting it. Uh, as for did the feud need a heel, does, does Braun need to be healed to go up against Roman? Um, babyface versus babyface programs do often struggle to get over. I, I you know, I, I just threw up the name Bruce Pritchard. I listened to one of his older shows uh, during the week on SummerSlam 98. And they talked about that Austin Taker Highway to Hell match at SummerSlam 98. We all remember that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and how it kind of lacked heat in the building, uh, which it did, I remember. And both Bruce and actually Vince Russo, ironically enough, attributed that to the babyface, babyface dynamic. Crowd didn't want to boot either guy. And, you know, I don't agree with Vince Russo very often, but I'm inclined to in that situation, uh, particularly because Taker wound up turning heel anyway. Now, what makes this different than Austin Taker? Again, we're just doing a lot of comparison contrast here. Is <laughs> there's a portion of the audience that very clearly would not be conflicted in a Roman Braun match, baby first, baby face first, baby face. They would che- clearly be cheering Braun. Mm-hmm. But who does WWE want to get over in this situation? Not well, Braun. Roman. Yeah. Yeah, it's Roman. And so. You know, that's where we go back to what the discussion we had last week with Becky and Charlotte. Um, seeing as Ro- Strowman's the one who's going to put Roman over, um, you probably want him to put Roman over as a heel, not as a babyface. And when you talk about sacrificing and whatnot, um, you know, it actually probably would hurt Braun more. Meltzer mentioned this in The Observer this week that it would probably hurt Braun more to put Roman over as a babyface than as a heel, because he can always turn back, um, put a bow on it. I don't think you can evaluate this until months from now, until we see where Braun is at. If he's significantly cooled because of this, then it was a huge mistake. But if he's at the same spot he was, or hotter even, then it was fine. Isn't it, I, I, you talked about with the crowd turning on the promotion for the heel turns, which is a, a good point. Isn't it because these are two just mind-boggling heel turns, just based on the popularity <laughs> of the performers? Like with Braun, I did use the term sacrifice because you are taking the risk that one of the very few guys that has organically gotten over as a top babyface in recent years, you're putting that on the line by doing this. And why? I mean, Roman Reigns, is his, the reception for him is not going to change off of this. So why even do it? He's going to be getting the exact well, same reaction. Well, I, I mean, it's not going to change for some of the audience. I think they're hoping to change for the other part of the audience. Well, um, why does it matter? Why At this point, Because why? Roman <laughs> must pose. Because Roman must pose, man. Um, <laughs> it, it just goes back to that. Now, to your point, um, Braun, like, if I was in a WWE writer's room and they just, you know, show me a list of all the people on the main roster. And they're like, all right, let's go through everybody and talk about where they're at. You know, at this time last week, Braun Strowman would have been one of the guys I would have said, it ain't broke. Let's not try to fix it. You know, he was perfect. I mean, I know you, both of you guys kind of had maybe an issue what the way the Owens match was booked at SummerSlam, but that very much as I think is what the crowd wanted for Braun Strowman at this point. Um, I've mentioned this before on the show. I always kind of viewed him over the last year as well suited for like the Andre or like mid nineties take a role where he's the one B baby face who, you know, just beats guys up and he's not in the title picture. Uh, 
so, you know, this kind of goes back to another discussion we had where, um, you know, should he have had the briefcase in the first place? You know, should which obviously linked him to the title picture. But I can see why they're doing it. And like I said earlier, we're not going to know until about six months from now whether or not it was a mistake. All right. Let's get your thoughts on this, Justin, because I... I do not understand why they're doing it still. Because <laughs> just because I don't, I don't see any real benefit for Roman Reigns in, in the grand scheme of things with this move, personally. Yeah, especially since they just, you know, reunited the Shield, which, you know, I think was actually kind of helping them. Um, and then to just kind of throw this on there, I, I don't, I find it hard to believe that they actually think that this is going to get, you know, more people to, you know, cheer for Roman Reigns. I just don't. I don't see that happening and I agree with Kyle that it's kind of hard to judge this right now that we are going to have to wait to see um, where what he's doing a month from now and it, it didn't work because we're all more confused as to you know both you know kayfabe and behind the scenes as to what exactly is going on here and not in a good way not in like a an interesting way see i don't know i think they've got people talking one thing i did want to pick up on what justin just said um my issue actually with the situation is i think they went to the one-on-one match of roman and braun too quick we talked about this a little bit last week on the show ryan where to me, the idea of, okay, Braun may cash in this week, but the Shields lurking behind was kind of a cool storyline that I thought could have played out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, by going to the match at Hell in a Cell so quickly, um, and again, I'm pretty sure Roman's going to win because you're not going to have that long chase and then, you know, he loses it the next month. Um you're kind of just blowing through this whole thing in, you know, a few weeks. And then obviously Justin mentioned they're doing the work in the six man at the Australia super show. Um, and, and the other factor is something else we mentioned last week, the Braun Roman feud really does fit hell in a cell. I know we're gonna have a discussion about hell in a cell and, you know, Jeff uh, Hardy and Randy Orton being a hell in a cell match too on this show a little bit later on, but that match is tailor-made for the Hell in the Cell gimmick because Braun and Roman, you know, I think Braun mentioned in the, in the promo, oh, well, we're going to go one place we've never gone before. And they have done a lot of crazy gimmick matches before, and this would be a logical step. But it feels that they're kind of fast-tracking it because why? Well, it's September. It must be time for Hell in a Cell. Whereas, you know, hell, I think we're all in agreement that the Hell in a Cell gimmick works best when it's sort of it's just naturally time to pull out the gimmick, not because it's September. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That, that, that was my issue actually with it. Like before the heel turn even happened in the opening segment of the show, I'm like, Oh wow. They are, they're going to the one-on-one match right now. I assumed it was going to be like a shield six man versus Braun and friends, um, which is what we're getting in Australia. And it's, you know, kind of reversed. So maybe they have something in mind for the shield come survivor series. I don't know how long this is going to go. My guess is Braun gets in, puts over Roman, and is probably back as a, you know, they'll find some reason to turn him back babyface later in the fall. You know, speaking of Hell in a Cell, that's the other thing I'm confused about is I don't see how they can get out of that with 
either guy winning clean. I mean, it's got to be a schmoz because, you know, you have Roman go over, you squash everything you've kind of built up with Braun Strowman. If Braun wins, this is what Roman's fourth straight, you know, relatively short reign as champion. I mean, they're just going to keep doing the same thing over and over again. I just, yeah, I just think it's about they'll protect, they'll find a way to protect Braun. They, I mean, you know, they've always kind of done that. But um, it's about not necessarily, I think, when you know, something you guys have both said is about getting Roman cheered. I don't know if it's so much is getting, you know, fixing the optics as it is just making it clear that he's the star. That's what this is about. It's not about, because I, <coughs> pardon me, they've got to be smart enough to know, look, the audience reaction is what it is, but we can define him as the star more by having him beat Braun Strowman. So on that note, there was a report this week and I can't remember who it's from. So I'm sorry for that, but someone had had posted about a, a source in WWE backstage talking about, you know, this is a Vince call and how they, this was meant about the cheers and that like everyone backstage is puzzled that they can continue to chase that. Did you see that, Kyle? Did I didn't actually. I can't remember who that was from. I saw it somewhere. Uh, it might have been from post wrestling, possibly. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, that they were continuing to chase this, and and people backstage, like you mentioned, the writers' room are just kind of puzzled that this is still going on. Um, and I, it's odd to me because I thought we had just got to the point where we kind of. We're accepting that, you know, Roman's reaction is what it is. It doesn't really matter. The guy moves a lot of merchandise. Everyone's invested in what's going on with him. He's a star. I just don't, I don't, I don't get why you would sacrifice another guy's stature for something that's not going to change. That's, that's what left me so puzzled about. I think this one puzzled me even more than the Becky Lynch one, like by far. You know, you're talking about how they don't want, you know, two top dogs that have to, you know, this is to prove that there's only one, just move Braun to SmackDown. Keep your two big stars. Well, well I, that's another point too. If we mm -hmm. back up um, to me, if you look at the roster as a whole and how I'd split it, I would absolutely have Roman and Braun on different brands. Like I probably would have split them up. Like to me, if you, okay, moving forward, what it seems to be, and, quite frankly, it's the way I would have it too, is the brands are going to be built around Roman and Daniel Bryan. I think you put Braun on the Daniel Bryan, on, on SmackDown, as kind of the, you know, because Bryan isn't so much, you know, the, I hate using the traditional WWE champion, right? Mm -hmm. So you kind of supplement him with a, for lack of a better term, big guy, you know, underneath, like, like in that on again, in that Andre taker role. Yeah, I could see, you know, a good thing to do would be to swap AJ and Braun just straight up. Like there's a trade between two of the top stars in each brand. Cause AJ could, you know, in the next couple of months, use a freshen up and go to raw. I could see. Yeah. And especially cause yeah, it's going to be with AJ, you know, once Brian maybe is the champion, you know, it's kind of two of the same mm -hmm. style guys there too. I, I would agree with that moving forward. I, but again, I, I just think that look, Roman 
is the chosen one. He's the star. He's going to beat all the top people. And I, I'd be, I honestly, I'd be shocked. Um, that's why I has, I kind of called you out, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, uh, with the term sacrifice, because Braun, I think is going to be back as a baby face in a few months. Well, and, and I, I do so. think, <laughs> and I do think that this did seem somewhat, um, uh, changed on the fly, if you will. I don't know if this was always the plan for Hell in a Cell because I, I know we all say, oh, whatever, it doesn't mean local advertising doesn't mean anything. But local advertising did have Roman Braun as the main event before Raw started mm-hmm. uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe even a month ago. It was Roman Kevin Owens, and you look at it now. Kevin Owens did this quitting angle. Maybe it was, you know, I can see all of a sudden Vince. To your point about the report. No, I want to do Roman Braun and Hell in a Cell now. I want to have Braun Strowman put over Roman Reigns. Damn it. And then Kevin Owens is kind of just, you know, he had already been, you know, he wasn't really doing much and we'll give you some time off. Yeah, there, there is historical precedent for a ill-conceived heel turn derailing a guy's character. I mean, it <laughs> he might not recover entirely. Look at, uh, look at with Steve Austin in 01, that heel turn. That was a disaster. Yes, it was. Um, now, I, I mean, the the issue was back then that the business was so much tied to individual performers drawing money, whereas now it's not. Like Braun Strowman, as popular as he is, he's absolutely a tippy-top guy in 2018 WWE. And they'd miss him if he wasn't around, but he's a cog in the wheel, or he's a cog in the machine, man. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you know, whereas Steve Austin um, was, it, it was just different back in 2001. It was business was tied to individual performers being around and being put in the correct positions. Someone that did recover from an odd decision, and I, I kind of thought of this on Monday night was remember when they had Brian join the Wyatt Squad? Yes, yeah, the Wyatt family. Yes. The Wyatt family. The Wyatt so, Squad. Yeah. yeah, I like the, the Wyatt Squad better. Wyatt, That's yeah. awesome. The Wyatt so, family out of nowhere. Yes. That was puzzling. So you know, I, I was. It's funny you reference that because I talked about the pro. You know, the heat being on the promotion for heel turns, and I thought of that, and I was going to bring up. Was that the first one where the crowd's like, "No, no, no you ain't doing this, man." Uh, possibly. Like in the last. Five, six years. I mean, that's the one that comes to mind. I mean, is there one that comes up before that we can think of beforehand where they were just like, where they turned somebody heel and the crowd just like, no, you fucking don't. We're not letting you turn this guy heel. Um, And then obviously, it's funny you brought that up because I was going to actually save that time period and Daniel Bryan um, for our Becky Lynch discussion. Okay. We can come back to that for sure. Yeah. No, I think that, I think that's a great reference though, that, you know, um, it, it, that was odd. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of factors at play. Um, why Brian was able to recover obviously from that. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned Kevin Owens quitting during raw. I found that interesting because it happened in the same arena where Bret Hart quit WCW during nitro back in, uh, was that oh, wow. 1989, March it 99. Not, it was not something that crossed my mind. <laughs> also in Toronto. With the the famous Goldberg angle with the steel plate, so that was I don't I don't know where they're really going with that. That wasn't it. I, I don't. No, 
No, okay. it was during a nitro. Okay. Um, yeah, that's I, I I like it because it gives him something fresh. We talked about how with Sammy out, he was gonna maybe struggle for a while. So at least they're shaking up his character a little bit. I he needs to be off TV. I, I'm yeah. pro guys getting off TV for a little bit to freshen up. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty surprising, but the match him and Seth had was pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. One of the better TV matches in a while. I, I really enjoyed that. And you saw why Kevin Owens in that match should be booked better than he is. I think that was crystal clear watching him perform. Yeah, and speaking of top guys, we can resolve this Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman issue by just pushing Seth Rollins to the moon. Mm. <laughs> there we go, man. He should be pushed to the moon. Talk about another guy who's super over. But this is a good problem to have. They have many guys that can be top baby faces. What a promotion. <laughs> but they all, but there's only one guy who can be a big dog, man. That's true. Ty Dillinger. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, don't start with him again. Perfect 10. <laughs> Should we roll this discussion right into the Becky Lynch thing? Since I, I, wanna bring one, I hope Kevin Owens, when he does come back, I have no idea what they're doing with this at all. Again, I just think it's they don't have anything for him right now. Um, I hope he doesn't come back as the same character. And, you know, I know we all think it's cute, like the promo we cut, you, um, you know, and then how he like heals on the audience. He's like and starts speaking French and everyone's like, "Ooh, that's the Kevin Owens I know and love. But, dude, this guy's cutting great baby face promos, man. Before he does that, like it's almost like he's like, well, I've got to still be a heel, so I'm just going to do that. But like, I was far more intrigued by what he was saying before that. And I've said it before; I think he'd be an outstanding babyface. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to stick to that damn story because I think I think his heel character honestly has peaked. Yeah, probably. Well, you could bring him back as Kevin Steen, ditch all the Kevin Owens stuff. Now that they're letting guys have their indie names again. Seems odd. <laughs> I don't know if I do he just that. goes on a tirade against the promotion for giving him this stupid name, and he oh, wasn't allowed no. to be himself. I think he's oh. had a fine. He's had a fine run, main roster run. I don't know what. There's a lot. Yeah, of well, he is there's the greatest universal champion of all time. So. Yeah, I don't know those those six weeks Bill Goldberg gave us were such a blessed time. God, I love that. God, I love that so much. We do need to talk about one other thing. Um, two other things in Raw I had in my notes. One, uh, God, I just love that Bobby Lashley Ascension match. <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you what, I, I, I was thinking about faxing old uh, Meltzy, you know, you know that match for match of the year. You know, hitting him <laughs> up with a fax just for old time's sake. <laughs> I kind of know, in all seriousness, though, like Bobby Lashley just felt, he just looked so ha- damn happy to be out there, you know? Yeah. No, he, he is a charisma vacuum. There's just nothing there. <laughs> I don't know. Um, made a great point. The trope of, um, you know, we're going to put the baby face up against two heels and the odds are stacked against them. Man, does that thing not really work anymore? Like, nobody buys. Like, when was the last time that they sent two um, lower on the card heels out against the top baby, the higher up baby face, and the two lower heels won? <laughs> You know, like, 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 theoretically, like that would work more if the one didn't always beat the two. That that's a trope that may need to be retired. Yeah, make it three. Maybe, yeah, but but I mean, the the point is, the babyface has to lose in that situation to get over the heat of the thing. Otherwise, it's just like you make 
you know, the heel authority figure look like an ass and the other two guys look like a jobber. And by the way, Baron Corbin is so good. It both, both in the ring and on the mic. God, is this guy put it all together. Oh Most improved goodness. 2018. Um, to quote you earlier, that might be a bit extreme. Love it. <laughs> uh, I, we got we to get right to Becky because this is the other major thing of discussion. So we talked about it a lot last week. The crowd reaction this week, even more popular, Becky Lynch. Now, of course, it was the Toronto crowd, which is always a really good wrestling crowd. But um, I loved how she came out wearing all black. Of course, she uh, called her a bitch, which was awesome. <laughs> crowd really popped for that. Uh, the beat down on Charlotte from behind, which obviously you saw that coming. It was in the main event. She hadn't made an appearance yet. But man, she is super over. And uh, yep. is she more over than Ronda Rousey as a face right now? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Honestly, the answer to that, it doesn't. It, but it, is it, she? It, what do you think? I think a case could be made. It's it's such a small sample size. It, but, it, you know, I saw Justin laugh when I said that. It doesn't matter because it doesn't. Because, like... They have an established pecking order. Like, you know, um, she would have to be like nuclear over to just, you know, get it. And, and they're on different brands anyway, so it doesn't matter to like be ranked ahead of Ronda Rousey on the pecking order. No, now, but I, I think you can you can make the argument if you're talking about fan reactions, which we talked about I on mean, the show. I mean, who's who's hotter right now? Yeah, probably is Becky Lynch because, you know, Ronda's kind of, you know, been doing her thing. It, it, it's established what she's all about. Um, you know, but um, you know, she's like kind of the feud with Alexa Bliss is, you know, just kind of being dragged out an extra pay per view. Whereas, like the Becky thing is new, it's fresh. The crowd doesn't like, you know, the fact that they're supposed to boo her. Uh, so yeah, I mean, she 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 never in her WWE career came off like a bigger star than she did at the end of that episode of SmackDown Tuesday night. Well, the crowd has been dying for anything important for Becky Lynch for years. So it's just like all that, you know, pent up frustration coming out now. And obviously Rousey is, is the bigger mainstream star, but I, th I think among wrestling fans, they're far more invested in what Becky's doing right now. And that that's where the, the interest is among the fans. Um, Justin, what do you think? It's funny, all the discussion about like, the reaction to her uh, heel turn and how she's getting more cheers and it, it, it's at least led to Becky being the most interesting she's ever been in any run with WWE and she's doing some of the best character work ever even even if it's not getting over how they want it to I mean I, I thought uh, she did a phenomenal job on Tuesday mm-hmm to pick up where we left off last week, there could be a very interesting pivot here. You know, we spent obviously a good deal of time talking. Is Charlotte the Roman Reigns of the women's division? Maybe we need to talk about is Becky Daniel Bryan? And this goes back to what Ryan said earlier. Um, you know, when a crowd, when the crowd protests reigns or cena they boo them you know it's always let's go cena cena sucks let's go roman roman sucks all the heat is on 
that person, right? It's either people are cheering or booing for that person. And for all the people who are like, we don't want Cena, we don't want Roman, you know, it's like, well, what do you want? What is the alternative you're proposing to the promotion? You know, it's kind of, you know, I know no one wants to hear about politics, but, you know, it's kind of like, you know, everyone bitches about the other side, but, you know, what are you offering me? You know, it's my issue with centrist Democrats, quite frankly, but that's a different podcast for a different time. Um, this is a little different. The crowd very clearly wants Becky Lynch. Like, if you guys noticed when Charlotte came out, it wasn't that reaction that Roman gets when he walks out. There weren't that many boos. Um, there was a we want Becky chant during the match. And then when Becky came out, the crowd was going apeshit for her. Then they booed her after. They, that. They, yes, they did after. Mm-hmm. But like, again, like, it, we maybe need to start looking at it that way that, you know, does the crowd just want Becky Lynch that much? You know, I mean, there have been times like Daniel Bryan was a prime example. Okay. Uh, Vince McMahon in early 2014 had an atrocious idea for WrestleMania. He wanted, he was going to do Randy Orton versus Dave Batista, a match that would have sounded great in 2006. As a matter of fact, I think it was supposed to be the SmackDown title match in 2006, but WrestleMania, but the crowd's like, no, we want fucking Daniel Bryan to be in that situation. And they gave them Daniel Bryan because they could not fight that. And I think it's interesting to see, will Becky Lynch be the Daniel Bryan here? I, I really, really like that comparison. Like, is Love Justin Joint. <laughs> is SummerSlam going to be the equivalent to Daniel Bryan's WrestleMania 28? You know, where it was kind of the, the spark that led to you know, or Rumble yeah. 14, even for that matter. Yeah, I mean, you're right, because Dana Bryan actually had two sparks, <laughs> to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Yeah. Um, one thing I was going to say with Becky, now, the heel turn was obviously ill-advised, but the character that she's playing, if she doesn't continue to cut promos bashing the fans, and then they just let her roll with it, and the fans get behind her as kind of like the heel that's cool to cheer kind of thing, I will say that the character makeover for her has been crazy good. Like she is so good at portraying that role. And I don't think that that's something you could have predicted when you saw like the gimmick she had before, which really wasn't much of a gimmick, but just being the nice, nice girl. Um, But just, just the whole makeover they've given her and the way she reacts to everything and, and her facial reactions and everything and the way she talks is so refreshing. And she plays it really well, like better than I could have ever imagined. And you know, that's why I think like the heel turn was probably a good thing and that it wasn't a bad call because if she had just played the baby face role, does the crowd get near behind anything she's doing right now? As you know, I mean, if Charlotte had turned heel, they'd still be behind her, but to this level, I don't know. That's a good question. No, because I mean, it's such a fascinating discussion when you talk about you know, the stuff with Roman and Braun and this, you know, it seems as if in modern wrestling, and we always talk about this seems every week on the show, there's some discussion that leads me back to this point, you know, how modern wrestling is so different to evaluate than any other wrestling. And it seems that the most heat, at least in WWE in modern times comes from when there's this conflict between the promotion and that vocal part of the fan base. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what draws heat these days. Not, you know, um, you know, 
good old fashioned storytelling or whatever, for lack of a better term. I mean, good, I mean, good old fashioned storytelling will always work, but you know, it seems that the most heat comes when you know, you know, and wrestling's always been about eliciting emotion, but it seems like the emotion that gets the most heat these days is, you know, when it's heat between the fans and the promotion almost. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I actually agree with Justin. I, I think had they turned Charlotte at SummerSlam, we're not looking at a situation that is this talked about. We're probably not talking about spending all this time over two podcasts talking about the Charlotte Becky feud if they did what allegedly everyone wanted. And, and now, Becky's, also, Becky's definitely not getting the reaction from the crowd that she's getting right now. No, because to be honest, she would be a neutered baby face. Like so many baby faces are in the promotion. She'd be getting her ass kicked in the, in the crowd. She, she'd be, let's be honest, she'd just be far left. She'd be way cooler. Cool, like cool down, I should say, not like cool, like, yeah, you're awesome. But like cool, then she would be um now the way it is. Because when a feud starts, the heel always gets the upper hand. Um, I'll say this. We talk about Roman being put in bad spots. Man, those Charlotte promos were not likable. Well, okay, I mean, I'm, that was I'm having a hit on that too. I thought that was like uh, who wrote that promo? Donald Trump Jr. Oh, yeah. Don't <laughs> don't, don't, hate, don't don't hate on me for being successful and having ambition. <laughs> Holy fuck. Well, the flip side, I'm glad you you mentioned Charlotte because talking about Becky and if she benefited more off of this, fair point. But there is an opportunity cost with that, and that is the fact that they kept Charlotte how she is, and Charlotte didn't flip. And like we talked about last week, you still run the risk that Charlotte becomes a female Roman Reigns, whereas Charlotte as the full-on heel could have also massively benefited. Except I think you can wait a while and roll with this, and turn Charlotte down the road, and people aren't going to cheer. They're going to boo her. Mm-hmm. Fair point. Uh, un- unlike with Roman Reigns, where when they do finally pull the trigger on a heel turn, people are going to cheer, not boo. <laughs> so, should yeah, bring it full circle. Should he have turned instead of Braun Strowman? No, not at this point. You can't do that. Not the, not the, the that shield. Past. Yeah, that that they. I I, I just. But she, no, should he be I, the guy I, to turn on the shield rather than Dean Ambrose? I'd be down for that. I'd watch. Okay, that... I have that stumped Kyle Ross. That might work. It, I mean, well, one of the big talking points is, I mean, are they going to do a three-way shield feud, title match at WrestleMania? You know, that's, I think, one of the ideas on the table. Um, I, I don't see them doing it, but... Yeah, I mean, there always has to be that impetus for him to turn heel. And then there, again, like I talked about with, you know, these protest chants. Well, what are the what's the audience presenting the promotion as an alternative? Okay, fine. You don't like this guy. You want this guy to be a heel. You think you're the guest booker. Well, who the fuck do you want to be in the babyface spot now? You know, I think that's always the apprehension from the promotion. They're like, okay, well, you know, is this – you're cheering this person now, but are you – is this going to be a long-term thing? And, you know, that's why Cena never turned. Vince is like, well, who do I have to fill this role? Mm-hmm. Long-term. So he's like, fuck it. I'm not doing it. I think I think he has a lot more options right now than he ever did in the, the Cena days. Yes, that is absolutely true. I think, I mean, the only person, the only two people in the Cena days that were even like remotely on that level of a main event were Jeff Hardy who proved himself to be unreliable too often. 
and CM Punk, who they didn't really want to get behind and was actually better as a heel anyway. Mm -hmm. What about Mysterio for a brief time? Mid 2000s. Yeah. Ray was another guy too. Yeah. But he got injured a lot. Yeah. Is the problem. I mean, didn't he, he missed like three WrestleManias. Do you realize that? Like I was like, I don't know what jarred my memory. I mean, obviously you bring him up, jarred my memory of that, but like, he missed, yeah, he missed like a lot of WrestleManias. Mm-hmm. I think he missed like WrestleMania 23, WrestleMania 24, and like there was another one. And he's working all in this weekend. Yep. And he's and probably WWE bound after that. Yeah. Right after that. Yeah. Yeah. So welcome back, Ray. So to finish out this Becky Lynch discussion, though, like I was getting at, are you guys surprised at how well she portrays this role? Because I feel like. If we talked about this happening a month ago, there would have been some question as to Becky Lynch playing this role. How would it go? And I, th- I just think she's unbelievable in the role. Yeah, I get. I don't know if I ever would have predicted it, but I don't think they've ever given her anything juicy enough to even give us an indication that she was capable of doing this. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's just been the white meat baby face, you know, since she's been here. It's why I always say wait and see, like I'm saying with Braun. You don't know until you try it, and I'm glad that what you're saying, what you said there, Ryan, because, you know, if you remember I said last week, you know, you all these dirty diapers over Becky's being a heel now, and people are like, oh, well, I've, this, fuck this. This is stupid that she's a heel. Well, you also want to make sure you give it a fair shake and see if she does a good job as a heel. And although she's still being cheered wildly, and may have to be turned, you know, if she is Daniel Bryan, she may have to be eventually turned back. Um, you know, she, she's done a great job. Yeah. You really, you nowadays, you really have to let these storylines kind of stew. You, you can't just judge it right away. I mean, only a Sith deals in absolutes as <laughs> Obi-Wan would say. Oh, I'm reminded the, the reason I brought this up is because I'm kind of reminded of another woman wrestler on the roster who when she turned initially it was kind of like i don't really see this person like being a heel or like it's just even kind of awkward seeing them take on that role because of what their character was before that so that's alexa bliss because in nxt she was just this pretty you know plain just perky happy-go-lucky baby face for a while and then when they turned her heel she seemed like someone you could never like really picture in that heel role and then obviously really succeeded now it's different because the crowd loves to boo her and they they're not going to love to boo becky lynch but fresh and like it gave her character new life obviously from where she's at now and i see kind of a similar thing happening with becky lynch here in the way that she is playing this character out light bulb went off huh? yeah and to be honest i mean people always say they like being heels better it's all that's like going back 30 40 years oh it'd be yeah. so much more fun yeah and when wwe quite frankly i mean you look at johnny gargano they don't do a great job of booking baby faces. You know, the, the ironic thing about this Braun Strowman, Becky Lynch discussion, I'm far more disgusted the way they're booking Johnny Gargano down in NXT <laughs> than either of those two. That's true. They might be ruining Johnny wrestling, Kyle. Johnny failure, as we're about to hear him get called this week, I believe. The state of Ohio will never be the same. Oh, Sorry, we still have the Miz. <laughs> it's just- 
<laughs> that is true. That is true. Um, anything from SmackDown otherwise before we get into this Hell in a Cell gimmick? That, that's related to SmackDown. But anything else on the show that you guys wanted to discuss? I thought Brian and Andrade seen almost ruled. And oh, the yeah. That, the thing that's that... The least shocking, you know, take yeah. ever is that those two put on an awesome match. And what ruled the most about it is, you know, that was one of the matches where they, you know, they still were showing it during the commercial. And usually when they do that, like the performers are well aware that they're a commercial and they hit the chin lock pretty quickly. <laughs> they did not hit the chin lock, baby. I mean, they just kept going. And I'm sitting there watching, like, I'm not even paying attention to, you know, see Alice or whatever the hell they're hawking on the right side of the screen, baby. The hell you weren't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm watching Daniel Bryan on Dry see and all of us just chop the shit out of each other. <laughs> Man, and I Brian like, just has a death wish for his chest since he came back. Yeah. Seems like he's taking chops constantly. Um, I don't know what your guys' Twitter timeline or if you were watching the show live or not, but um, mine was like very excited actually about the non-finish and that Almas didn't lose that they protected him. Uh huh. You know, sometimes not. You know, we've all gotten this. I don't know if it's like you know Scott Keith or Dave Meltzer or who like just ingratiated this all into our heads. You know, over the last twenty or so years, oh, non-finish. That's stupid. That match stinks now because it had a non-finish. Non-finishes work sometimes. Yeah, and and in that case, I you know I, I was actually you know a promotion that I think beats its too many guys too often. I was glad to see the match go to non-finish. And it was very logical um, with Miz and Maurice and the beatdown. It made you want to see the mixed tag a little bit more at Hell in a Cell. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. I I had read that that was one of the matches when when Brian was coming back. Almost was one of the guys high in the list yeah. that he wanted to work with. So yeah, you, and you could kind of see. I mean, he was very motivated that night. Yeah. You know, he was not going through the motions at all. Mm-hmm. He never really does. But so the hell in a cell. Uh, I think we've talked about this probably last year on the show, maybe even the year before that, back in 2016. We're not fans of having a pay per view themed around the match because it just takes away all the spontaneity of announcing a hell in a cell match and being this like big blow off match for an angle or being just a special deal. They save it for the one show a year. You know, you're getting the hell in the cell. It doesn't feel as special. And then they waste the match on one like this Randy Orton match with Jeff Hardy. <laughs> so personally, I, I know that the hell in a cell has been devalued over the last few years, yeah. but when they announced that this is going to be in a house, a hell in a cell, I just really rolled my eyes. I don't know what you guys thoughts were a reaction to that, but I, I thought it was pretty indicative of the issues with this being a, a standalone pay-per-view themed around the cell. I can't remember. I don't even remember if I read it or I saw it or I heard it. Um, but before Tuesday, before SmackDown, I saw some interview with Jeff Hardy where they asked him, what he had left that he wanted to accomplish in wrestling. And he said the only thing was he just wanted a, a hell in a cell match. Oh. So that that kind of eased the blow for me when I found out that that was going to be the SmackDown's hell in a cell match. Just, you know, kind of like Kyle, just just rooting for guys, just you know, <laughs> being a team player. Yeah, <laughs> I'm happy for Jeff Hardy in that regards. And because he, he doesn't have a lot left in the tank. I think. Yeah, he's he's really banged up. And, and God, he, I hope I hope he's safe in the match. Too. Well, that's kind of an ironic match for him to want to work. Here's here's a guy who can't do the Swanton regularly anymore because he's in so much pain. He's working hell in a cell. Well, and you know, in this maybe this could be his swan song match. Yeah. 
And, and, and you know he's going to do something that we're going to remember. Yeah, he's, he's if he, if yeah, you're right. I mean, if he's going to be off TV for a few months, he's he might just say fuck it and just do something crazy. Um, the issue is not Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton. It, it's much bigger than that. the issue is just having a second. It, it's not just. It's one thing to have Hell in a Cell at the same time every year. You know, the whole, as I, I think I made fun of earlier in the program, that September, it must be Hell in a Cell time. It's having multiple Hell in a Cell matches on the same card. You know, I mean, you could talk about, all right, well, AJ and Joe deserves to be the SmackDown title match or the, the SmackDown Hell in a Cell match over this. Okay, maybe you're right. It's certainly a feud that's trended in the direction. I mean, they did a non-finish at the last show. It's a heated feud. Sure, you could argue that it, it's Hell in a Cell worthy. But you're still having two Hell in a Cell matches on the same show, and I don't agree with that. I mean, I think if you look back at the history of Hell in a Cell, the gimmick really did get devalued when they announced the pay-per-view. It was about, I think it was 09 when they first did it. I remember like Undertaker CM Punk, for some reason, comes to mind. Yes, it, 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 right. it, it When they did it. But um, you know, Hell in a Cell always worked better when it was organically done, um, it was the right time to do it for a feud. Um, and, you know, interestingly enough, if you look at the last 10 years, what are the Hell in the Cells that people remember? <laughs> Not ones that were on Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. It was the ones that were at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. You know, Shane and Taker. Or, uh, you know, which ironically drew. That drew money. As much as it was, it was ridiculously long and not very good, that match drew money. The advance was kind of weak for that WrestleMania and ticket sales spiked once that was announced. Or then the Triple H Undertaker one, the end of an era. Those are the hell in the cells people remember. Not any of, you know, when they do two or sometimes they've even done three, haven't they? Uh, I feel I'm not sure on that. Did they do three last year? Let me look that up. I know they did two. The two they had it, um Owens Shane and they did the Usos New Day. Yeah, no, I just looked it up. It was just those two. Okay. Because when you were talking about how, like, I and I totally agree, there should just be one. But for me, last year worked because one of them was a tag match, which just you know made it a little bit more interesting. Yeah, and, it, and I think that was the first tag match. And then two years ago, they did the first women's one, right? That was Sasha yeah. and Charlotte. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. though I remember, yeah, I remember those. But like, you know, part of it is maybe the era is the um, time period. I know is all kind of a blind spot for us that 2009. I mean, do we remember the Hell in the Cell matches? No, <laughs> I would have to look them up. <laughs> No, so not particularly memorable. Oh, okay. So 2016 is when they had three Roman Reigns and Rusev, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, and then the women's Hell in a Cell. Yeah, I mean, like, do do we? I could not tell you one thing about either of those men's matches. Mm -hmm. I I remember the women's one actually not being good, to be honest with you. Yeah, that was all right, but nothing. I remember just the historic portion of it was really yeah. about it well, well it was the old you know sasha lost in her hometown you mm-hmm. know she got the old booker t in houston treatment yeah <laughs> jr in oklahoma mm-hmm. so Do you know that jr by the way i've been watching some like 08 09 wwe recently okay and you remember that narrative was all oh, jr man they got to get him back for wrestlemania let him call the main event can i tell you something jim ross has not been good for a long time. <laughs> well, like, I mean, if you've been watching him call New Japan, Pro I mean, oh, oh, I mean he's. I mean, Jeez. I think him, him and Josh Barnett are a contender for like worst announced team <laughs> ever. 
I think. But like, like throw. I just watched the ironically Edge Undertaker Hell in a Cell match from SummerSlam. Wait, like Jr. had already de- descended into self parody by that time. Like he was just announcing like it was a video game. Like he would just like you know it was like um, analogy uh, soup. He was like busting out at the announce table, just like like at the. I picture him at the announce desk which is all these words and he was just like grabbing two of them and putting them together. <laughs> yeah. He's definitely not uh 1990s JR anymore no. or, or he wasn't. Before. I love Jim Ross for the record, but I mean, you know, we all have to recognize, you know, I think um, people are like, Oh, he's so much better than like Raw be so much better if JR was calling it instead of Michael Cole. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be. <laughs> you know what? I love doing the show with you guys. And I got to say, I was just tallying up our shows this month, by the way. This will be our seventh show we've done here in August. Mm. Counting our two Top Rope Nation classic shows that we did for Patreon. Um, by the way, again, if you want to access those, are exclusively on Patreon. We will be doing some classic shows again coming up in September. So if you join the Patreon show, we can go back in the archive, talk about some old news stories, old old wrestling events, maybe in years as a whole, do some alternative booking. Whatever you guys want to see, that's... That's for our Patreon supporters. So uh, check it out at patreon.com slash top rope nation. Yes, Justin. Uh, for spring, could we do uh, what, Super Brawl 2? Oh, yes. That was like the first wrestling event we ever talked about. I think. Yeah. A special request from me. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll so. fucking talk about Super Brawl 2 right now at the drop of a hat if you want me to. <laughs> no, we got to save that. Love That's Super Brawl 2 with all my heart and soul. Um, No, that'll be a good show. So uh, I just wanted to I just wanted to mention that because we have done a lot of shows this month. It's been fun. We've had some good discussions. I think I'm not trying to just you know praise our recent stuff, but I think honestly our last few shows have been some of our best shows we've we've put together in a while. So uh, yeah, it's like it's been, Becky Lynch right now. We're putting it all together, man. That's right. Um, so speaking of good shows, the show that everyone's talking about is not WWE this week. Obviously, it's the All In show in Chicago. And so I want to get your guys' takes on that show. Uh, I also wanted to mention that they're doing StarCast, you know, all the all the live podcasts. So if you guys are wondering why we are not appearing there, because we're not too far away from Chicago. And I know some people that have podcasts that are, are going to appear on Podcast Row. Um, the reason we are not going to be there, number one, is because um, we are going to be within one month of my second child being born. So I can't hit the road when my wife could go into labor. So it really was not an, in... Uh, it wasn't reality. We couldn't do it. Uh, if there is an all-in two guys, I'm thinking we might have to consider doing that. Though it would have been a lot of fun. So, um, yeah. Are you? Yeah. Go ahead, Kyle. No, I just said yeah. It would be. Yeah. It's a lot though, man. I think it's going to be tough to stand out there. Oh yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. They got yeah. a lot, of, a lot of shows. But I do feel a little left out. Like when I'm seeing guys going there, it, it would have been a lot of fun for us to. Mm-hmm. It would have been a good opportunity for us to get the word out there about this show. Yeah, I, I almost think it's less about the show and just more about the experience this weekend. I no, completely agree because I think the card is kind of underwhelming for a show that has this much hype. And I was talking with a buddy of mine last night about that and talking about if I was going to order it. And number one, I'm not going to order it because I did see it's going to be a New Japan World after it concludes and i am a new japan world subscriber so let's yeah, watch it so on there i'm not gonna like pay 40 bucks i'm not gonna pay 40 bucks to watch it live yeah but by the way it's so funny what the network has done the award-winning wwe network that is <laughs> like think about that like um like 40 for a pay-per-view it's just like 
Yeah, well, especially with this card. Like I'm saying, I, I want to support the show. I like a lot of the guys on this. Don't get me wrong. But like for a show with this much hype, the card is not really that spectacular to, to warrant that price tag. So if it was a really good card, I might have thought about paying for it just to watch it live. But I'll be fine watching it the next day on New Japan World, personally. Um, and then, yeah, like you're talking about the experience, Kyle. There's like that $100 pass you can buy. And then you can watch like all the live podcasts and everything going on for like two days there in Chicago. So it's pricey. You get a lot of wrestling content. Conrad Thompson, man, he knows how to hustle. <sighs> That's for Hats sure. off to him. Him and him and Cody Rhodes, they the two of them have done a hell of a job with this thing, man. So neither of you guys are gonna be watching live then, correct? No, I'm gonna do the New Japan World thing. Yeah, no. Okay. Are do you um, but, do you presently subscribe to New Japan World, yeah. or are you gonna subscribe just for? Yeah, I've always had it. Oh, okay. I yep. didn't know that. Yeah, and I don't, I don't necessarily broadcast it because I don't, you know, I just don't think humble. Like... <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe Justin, maybe you can come over and we can watch it. I would like that very much. Yeah, that'd be oh, good. that sounds sweet. But <laughs> maybe if you bring in another one of those hundred and fifty dollar bottle of scotches, like one of the last times you came over here, that was yeah, a good. Time. Bring some Grangestone. There we go. Oh, fuck. I might come out if that's the case. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, of all people, you know, all in cheerleader, Dave Meltzer framed this thing the best in The Observer. Um, when he talked about, is this the start of something bigger or is it kind of the culmination of the indie boom? Uh, you know, if it is the start of something bigger, there probably needs to be some kind of angle or something at the show. Because you're right. I mean, the card, I mean, it'll be good. But um, it's so hard these days, you know, with New Japan uh, um, to stick out as like this all-time great wrestling card. So, and even if it was an all-time great wrestling card, um, would that warrant a second show? Um, you know, Meltzer brought up, you know, is the set, is the progression of this, you know, ROH New Japan running the MSG WrestleMania weekend, maybe. But, um, you know, will there be an all-in two, I think, is what to look for, is what I'm most interested in coming out of this weekend. Unless WWE, WWE could sign these guys before then. Yeah, so if they, yeah, and if that's the case, then there probably won't, because I don't think there's any, I mean, Cody Rhodes, for I think all of his shortcomings um, in the ring as a potential main eventer that still are there, um, is an excellent promoter. And I don't, and this could not have been done without him and the Young Bucks. And if you take him and the Young Bucks out of the equation, then there cannot be. I mean, in addition to the fact that they probably own a lot of the trademarks anyway, mm -hmm. but I don't think that I don't, well, Joey Janela's done a great job, but I don't think he could take any, anything on this grand of a scale. The Young Bucks might be the best promoters on the indie circuit. Those guys really know how to hustle. Mm -hmm. More power to them. So it's a 10 match show. Um, so if, if you want to know the matches, we can run through them really quick. Um, Kenny Omega is going to wrestle Pentagon Jr. Uh, Jay Lethal is going to defend the ROH title um, against the winner of a, a Battle Royale. There's a four-way women's match. Madison Rain, Britt Baker, Chelsea Green, and Tessa Blanchard. There is the aforementioned right, Battle Royale that I mentioned 15 people in that match. Um, we've got the Briscoe Brothers versus SoCal Uncensored which is Kazarian and Scorpio Sky. We've got Christopher Daniels against Stephen Amell, uh, Arrow, which uh, that's, that has drawn some a little bit of interest. 
from the mainstream. In fact, I have orders from the comicbook.com people to cover that match Saturday night. Wow. He he did a good job. What SummerSlam was it that he worked with Cody? Was that like 15 or something like think, that? I was thinking 15, 16. Yeah, like, in there. He was, as far as like celebrities go that aren't like in a main event role, I thought he did a great job. I remember him like looking happy to be there. He was athletic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know he picked it up pretty and, and he, pretty and he stayed friends with Cody the whole time, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh six man tag match, Mysterio, Phoenix, and Bandito versus the Golden Elite, which is the Bucks and Cody Bushi. Going to be a great match. Oh yeah. Uh Chicago Street Fight, Joey Janela, who Kyle mentioned a minute ago, versus Adam Hangman Page. Got uh Okada taking on Marty Skrull, which could be a good match. And then uh, Cody wrestling Nick Aldis for the NWA Heavyweight Championship. So those are your 10 matches for All In. In uh, It's at the Sears Center in Hoffman Estates, which is like the furthest out suburb in Chicago, if you've been to Chicago. So it's, it's quite a ways from downtown proper Chicago. But uh, How far is it from downtown? I was thinking about it. Oh, it's, it's over an hour, depending on traffic. is it with traffic is it three hours then or i mean like i mean it's it's out from o'hare ways and o'hare can take you an hour to get to downtown depending on traffic so yeah i mean when we when i drive into chicago from the west this is like the first pretty much the first suburb you hit okay wow yeah but i think it's i think uh i think tna ran a pay-per-view there one time if i'm not mistaken um you're correct yeah, it's it's a good it's a good location for this kind of show. So I could see him going. I could see him returning there if they do an all in two, just because they do have the pro wrestling tees store there and yes, all the indie true. hookups yeah. and stuff. So I guess the final point about all in is Punk gonna appear. What do you guys think? No, no, I think there's too much heat on him right now. I, I think it would actually be a negative. I think it would backfire. Neville, I could see showing up. Neville, yeah. Yeah, that was going to be my second point. Because if Neville appeared, that would get a pretty big pop. I think Punk would get a big pop because it's Chicago. But (laughs) you're right. He's got a lot of heat right now. But it's something that would get people talking for a second all in. Do you Mm -hmm. think there's Neville doesn't have a no-compete clause? They said he didn't. Meltzer said he's clear to go. And Meltzer's never been wrong. That is very true. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, the, uh, the Bucks and Cody, I think, mentioned Neville on Twitter recently. Yeah. They were teasing it. So we could see that. So I'm sure we'll be talking about the show on uh, Top Rope Nation next week and the fallout and how it went over. And by then, we will have all seen it, I'm sure. So closing comments, guys, before we hit the road with episode 72 here. I I took a little bit of offense uh, from a comment that and it was just a nonchalant comment that Kyle made last week. Uh Oh, he, he he didn't like the. Uh, knock america bit which i thought was fantastic (laughs) will 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 that country last longer than mex america is my question oh man (laughs) yeah i just feel like i when i heard that i'm like oh my god they're rehashing that (laughs) kyle i think last week we also never mentioned uh speaking of mex food we never mentioned taco john's last week going to lose some steam for getting that sponsorship so shout out to taco john's the the official unofficial food of top rope nation guys six God. pack and a pound that needs to be a faction <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
All right, guys. Well, enjoy all in this weekend if you're watching it. Otherwise, I'm sure WWE Television has some more surprises in store for us next week. Uh, so with that said, I am Ryan Drosty, Justin Joint, Kyle Ross. Thanks for joining us this week. Subscribe on iTunes. Check out the Patreon page. We'll catch you guys next week. More clones, please. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.